0: Take a seat with us here on the Front Porch Podcast. Welcome back to the Front Porch Podcast here on twitch.tv slash worldwide underscore wimpy. Uh, I'm here with Fred once again because, you know, this is kind of his brainchild, so I like to be able to introduce him to the crowd. How are you doing, Fred? Well, thank you. I'm still breathing, wimpy. What about you? I'm doing okay. Uh, a lot better than what I was Friday, but, you know, ebbs and flows of... Being alive.
1: Yes. Life has ebbs and flows. We have our good times and our bad. Good times, bad times. You know I've seen my share, but my woman left town with another man and she still don't seem to care. Or I still don't seem to care. I don't remember. Um, that would be Led Zeppelin, but you're too young to... I know, I know
0: that Led Zeppelin song, so don't...
1: Yes, all right. So, Hey, exciting news. Um, we have... Our first voice comments um, that someone left on Anchor, a former student of mine by the name of Jake, left uh, two one-minute comments on Episode 4. The the young man has only just started listening to the Front Porch podcast, and he got to Episode 4, and uh, that was a discussion of climate change. If you haven't heard Episode 4, go back and listen. It's good. And Greta Thunberg and some other things, but uh, he made the point that people like to do fake governmental reports. They will use fonts that are very similar uh, and similar font sizes and things like that so that they they look like the real thing and then they hand them out to people, you know, convincing them this is what it actually said, but then shockingly enough, it doesn't really say that. And when I figure out how, uh, when we upload this onto, um, Onto to the Anchor site, I'm going to try to put those voice comments in. So this will be a brand new thing for us. So uh, listeners, stay tuned to the end and see if we get our first voice comments. And more importantly, leave some of your own. So there it is. That was my plug. And of course,
0: those comments can reach us at... The Front Porch Podcast fan webpage on Facebook as well. Our email, Front Podcast one at gmail.com. We're on Twitter. PodcastFront is where you can comment on there. We are on Patreon, Front Porch Podcast. Uh, you can donate to us and make sure that we can kind of turn this into something that we can make a little bit of side money on, which would be... Awfully appreciated on both of our ends, uh, especially well, yeah. mine.
1: <laughs> well, I, I I could use a camera as far as that goes so that, you know, I could be live on this thing too someday. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and certainly I don't have the money for that now. For those who don't know, yes, we both live in poverty, but it's okay. We both have computers. I mean, when I say we live in poverty, nobody's homeless, okay? And I shouldn't talk about it that way. I do not wish to make light of anyone else's greater, deeper poverty. Um, but, you know, I, every month worry about rent and, uh, you know, I need food stamps if I'm going to eat and I eat a lot of Top Ramen and cereal, so, um, but I'm not complaining, hey, I'm alive and, and I have, uh, and I have a very nice computer that I, I, and I only have it because when I retired at the end of 2016 or quit, depending on who you listen to, um. I decided for once in my life I was going to have a good computer, so I had pulled all of my uh, retirement money, and I paid my nephew quite a bit of money to build me the ultimate computer, and this sucker just won't die, and so I'm very happy to have a really nice computer. Um, That's the only thing I have that's really worth anything, but boy, I love it. Anyway, go over to Patreon. It's Christmas time. Donate. We could use it, so... Um, all right, now, what's our conversation today? What is our topic for today? Well, Fred,
0: you mes- mentioned something yesterday, and I think our title says it perfectly. Robots. What are go. they?
1: And, you know, automation, right? And robots are a further extension of automation. And first thing is, do we need to fear automation? Um, and for, I, But before that, I think we're going to have to recognize, you know what? It's here already. Um, There will be more of it later on, but some obvious examples. Um, When you go to Walmart, there's as good a chance as not that you are going to be your own cashier. That's automation. Um, You haven't been to, you haven't actually gone to see a teller in the bank to get 20 bucks, probably in Wimpy's lifetime, Uh, ATM, automated teller machine. Um, Automation is everywhere. And It's taking jobs, right? We don't need as many tellers as we once did. We don't need as many cashiers as we once did. Wimpy and I used to work for a place where we sold uh, direct TV to poor unsuspecting souls, and it won't be that long before they wouldn't need us to do that anymore anyway because we will, in fact, have software that would be indistinguishable from me talking to you right now. it's not impossible. It's probable, and it's going to come. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? So let's first we have to admit it exists, and then, Wimpy, what do you think? Automation is this a good or is this a good or an evil or a mixed bag? Where are you on this?
0: Well, my first question would be those voice automated programs that call you to try and resell you Directv. Do they say, with that being said?
1: Mm-hmm. What that, that that they're a robot? <laughs> yes, do, do do the robots say? With that being said, ah, uh, well, you know what? I if I program them, you're damn right they do. So, ah, <laughs> uh, just throwing some. I, shit I down have to my somebody. own speech patterns, and I'm fond of them, and I have no interest in changing them. So,
0: uh well, everyone has their own cadence, and that's that's what's weird is that when it comes to automation, you're looking at basically the elimination of most manual labor when it comes to manufacturing. That's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. You know, cutting timber or making a car or doing something like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Yes, I mean, most of the Western civilization has been that way. There's really only, you know, your second and third world countries are really the only ones that don't do that. So China, India, you're looking at those places that still... And textile factories use the sweatshop kind of build to their business. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Outside of that, you know, you, you still need people there to make sure that the machines work, that the machines are doing everything they're supposed to do properly. Sure. They're going to overlook everything to make sure everything is set in place properly. Because whether or not we like to admit it, even though robots are awesome and automation is awesome, it's made by man.
1: And yeah. Man makes mistakes because we're not perfect. So far, it is made by man, by human beings. Don't assume that that's always going to be the case. Um, Sam Harris makes the point that in time, uh, automation robots are going to outstrip us. They are going to be able to reproduce uh, other more sophisticated kinds of artificial intelligence. Um, and then we can only hope that that artificial intelligence decides to be benign because they will be infinitely smarter and they will be infinitely faster than we can ever be. Um, but I,
0: I don't I don't think that, though, because the okay, human why? brain, which any of us only operate at about 15 percent of its capacity, because if we did any more, we'd go insane. <laughs> the human brain. Well, okay, and, and th- that's plausibly themselves. correct.
1: I would need I would need more evidence for that. I, I th- I've read that. I don't know that that's necessarily true, and I'm not sure how one measures the capacity of a brain. So we'll accept that for the sake of argument, but I want to put a little asterisk on it. I'm not really sure that's true. But go well, ahead.
0: The the thing that's missing between robots, the things that robots and automation and AI cannot do and Mm -hmm. I don't think we would ever put into place, is evolution. The actual natural evolution, which is mostly random chance, right? Polar bears came into existence because one day there was a mutation within brown bears that lived very far north that allowed them to be white and harder to see, which gave them an advantage over anything that may be eating them or anything that they might want to eat because they're camouflaged now. Mm -hmm. So with that variation that just randomly happened, you have polar bears. It's how evolution works. The problem with AI and how it's, I don't, I don't think it will ever have the capacity to do this is that it works logically. There's a process to come to a conclusion and natural biological evolution has that in the end but the cause mm-hmm. isn't because of a logic the cause is just the cause it just happens you know it's a random event yes. yeah well, why uh, did the dinosaurs I'm... come before man because just randomly the fish was for out first
1: you know well yeah and actually i it, there's a good guess again i am not an anthropologist or a paleontologist but my understanding is um had there not been some massive cataclysmic climate event, which generally people think was something hitting the planet and fucking up the atmosphere. Uh, That's been um, essentially proven. Yeah, but we would probably not have arisen at all. You're not going to have human beings living at the same time as Tyrannosaurus Rex. He would have eaten us. And there wouldn't have been anything that early humans could have done about that. I'm not altogether sure that present day humans could do a hell of a lot about it. We'd have to hit them with nuclear weapons or some kind of shit like that um but uh, you know so it th- we are here we we managed to rise because of random events that were totally out of anyone's mm-hmm. control now you can argue that well you know a god was in control or um for the star trek minded no it was uh somebody who was seeding uh environments or if you're uh, an Arthur C. Clarke fan. No, no, it was a giant black obelisk, whatever it was. Um, without some random event, we're not here. Um, but now that we are here, we have built all these things. And I think AI will be able to improve itself. I can't prove that, but that's when I wonder if, um, Machines building machines. Um, it's a common uh, trope in science fiction. Um, and it actually bring, it gives rise to an interesting question. If we accept that machines and artificial intelligence continue to advance sufficiently, um, we will be able to make essentially robots that can do everything we want them to do. And they will eliminate the need for most human labor, um, and you know, they can do all the farming and they can do, and they can produce all the food and they can bring it to us, and we can sit on our ass and let our robots take care of us. Um, there are problems attendant upon that. Um, and one of the problems that I think is most interesting is this one. Right now, I am using this computer and this microphone to talk to you. And later on, I will be listening to this podcast on a cell phone. None of those, those are all essentially my slaves. They are not sentient. They can't decide that I am mistreating them in some way, at least to my knowledge. They have no sense of identity. Um, what do we do? if we finally design a robot that does have a sense of identity um then what do we do
0: what do we do we're asking you our fans here at the front porch podcast if you have any ideas if robots become sentient and take over mankind and enslave them
1: what is your plan to save humanity or is it right for us to make a slave race out of robots, if they become sentient in any form, right, We, we then we are enslaving them, and is this okay? Um, us, granted, that's not happening next week, but it is a distinct possibility in the future. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Let us know what you think on the Fort Porch Podcast fan page on Facebook. Tell us, hey, I'm cool with robots being underneath my thumb. It's a newest thing. Human beings have been enslaving things since the dawn of man. So it wouldn't be that surprising. But again, you're not addressing the idea of, so the robots would make better robots. Okay. Yeah. But there's a logic there. And the randomness that is life, the struggle to continue to survive, I don't think
1: robots would ever be able to comprehend that. And see, there we have it. Um, Actually, I don't have. Have you ever read any Isaac Asimov um, he had he did a lot of things about robots, and he had the three laws of robotics, which I used to have memorized, but I'm older now. Um, I believe the first one was, and I ought to look it up, um, a robot cannot hurt a human. Second, um, a robot may not, through inaction, allow a human to come to harm, and third, Um, As long as it doesn't violate the first two rules, a robot will follow any command given by a human. Um, Those were, as I recall, and I'm not quoting them verbatim, those were the three laws of robotics that were programmed deeply into every single robot. And then, of course, you know, one of them screws it all up. But I think that might be a way out, is if we can actually program robots, no hurting people. Um, no allowing people to get hurt, and do what we tell you. But if we do that, again... Well, then you would never have an AI that works on its own independently.
0: You would would have put in rules for it to understand, and that Mm -hmm. eliminates your randomness. And that's the biggest advantage anything biological has, is that there is the potential for exponential growth versus robots, if you have a robot building robots, I think it's more of a linear kind of building and and evolution versus life can be stagnant in evolution and then it zooms right through
1: the roof. Right. Because conditions change just a little bit, but they change just enough to make this particular species suddenly become dominant. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, uh, we're about to
0: take a little break. Um, there is something I wanted to discuss with you, Fred, that I, I had been reading about, uh, about, uh, taxation. I know we don't like to get super political on the show, but I was reading an article about how 20% of the fortune 500 companies in this country paid effective tax of zero. Yes. And I think that's absurd and needs to be changed and how we we lost $77 billion in tax revenue because they didn't
1: pay any taxes. And we have a plan for that, which we can discuss when we come back. So anyway, um, we will be back in just a few minutes. Um, Remember, there's always somebody on the front porch. We'll see you soon.
2: Hello! <laughs> um, first, I want to start by saying I'm enjoying this podcast thoroughly. Um, it's it's a pleasure. Um, I am on your fourth episode right now, and I got excited right here because last semester I took an environmental science class, uh, and we talked about a journal that gets released uh, by scientists every year uh, to Congress, and there is a journal that looks uh, the exact same with fonts that are just a little bit different in size uh, and graphs that are taken from certain segments of actual graphs to show science. Uh, and they are released by this interest group. And I don't want to misinform you here, so I don't want to say the name of it, but it's, I know it's paid for by uh, Exxon. And I'm running out of time. Um, it's me again. (laughs) Um, the other journal that's released is made to look, uh, with the color scheme, with the fonts and everything, it's made to look like the actual one, uh, and it gets released to, um, you know, the people who actually take it from these lobbyists, uh, who typically tend to be climate change deniers, um, because these journals are made to look otherwise. Uh, there's a fantastic documentary Uh, it's called, um, oh, I wish I could get it. It's Merchants of Doubt. It's called Merchants of Doubt, and it's about, it's about climate change deniers and the people who go on the news denying it, and there's actually a guy who admits that he's lying but is damn proud of it, and it is infuriating, but, uh, it's a very interesting way to look at this issue. Jake, thank you so much for your comment, Um, and
1: I think you're right on with it. Um, There is money to be made in lying, and I suppose if we make money doing something, we should have a reason to be proud of it. And it is a frightening idea that we are willing to destroy the planet itself that keeps us all alive alive. Because, hey, there's some more money to be made that way. Um, That's short-sighted. The the money does you no good when the planet won't support human life anymore. But we'll just all pretend that no matter what happens, it will keep doing that. But I want to thank you very much, both for listening to the show and for that comment. That was an excellent point, and it's something I really hope everyone will consider. Thanks.